0: More nurses are satisfied with their jobs, and a growing number say that they are planning to stay within health care. A bright spot of sorts in the industry as providers and health systems are dealing with widespread caregiver burnout. I'm Jay Carlyle Larson and this is GIST Healthcare Daily. It's Wednesday, January 17th. Thanks so much for joining us. Those results come from a survey of 1,000 nurses conducted last year by strategic healthcare communications consulting firm Gerard, Inc. In yesterday's episode, we heard the first part of my conversation with David Girard, executive chair of Gerard Inc. about the latest in the Beyond Burnout survey series, where we talked more in depth about the recent survey findings. In the second part of our chat, we talk more about what health system leaders can do to set up nurses for success. Here's our conversation. So, David, let's talk about onboarding, because it was something you asked about in the survey, and it can play a significant role after that recruitment stage. You know, as hospitals and systems are working to actually retain that nursing staff. So what did the survey find?
1: We found, um, I'll just read you one of the headlines, two-thirds or fewer agree the organization gives new nurses the resources to succeed. And resources is is training, it's exposure to leadership— it's clinical um, orientation. Um, it's time with their manager. I mean, truthfully, a lot of it is just time, time and time and patience. Certainly it's information and information sharing, but it's, it's information sharing over and over and over again. So they have the time to really absorb it. There's so much to learn when you're, when you're, maybe in any job, there's so much to learn. So much to learn when you're caring for people's lives and so much to learn when you're dealing with the complex organization of a healthcare system, for goodness sake. And when you're being rushed into an organization, I don't mean that inappropriately. I mean, when the need for your services are so great, things can move at lightning uh, lightning speed. And that's not helpful to the orientation process. So the, the cost for leadership is is a really high cost. And that and the that capital is patience. Right? That the the cost is building in the time to teach well, to allow them the the moments that they need to become good at their job. And good at their job is not just skill set, but good at their job, comfortable with their team and comfortable with their manager. So many of these things that we're we're talking about and, and you talk about it in, in other conversations as well, is it's not it's not mystical. There, there's not like you know mystery here of what needs to happen. It's the willingness to invest the discipline and the time to give it, to to do it. It's really hard.
0: Well, it sounds like it would require a mind shift change. Because when you hire someone, you want them to get started immediately. But as you mentioned, that time is a big upfront cost. So how do you reinforce this to hospital leaders, that they should invest in this on the front end to really make sure it pays dividends down the road?
1: It's a great question, and the survey is, is part of an answer because what what we hope to demonstrate through the survey is the level of exposure for their most recent investment. If you had an investment and you knew that it was, it's it's most likely to leave or to, in a sense, quote-unquote, fail in its first two years, you'd give it extra love in TLC in those, those first two years, right? So it stays in the door and becomes that compound interest. You get the the result that you want over time. So this... This is another way of of signaling. Look in these first twenty four months. I know it's not what you want to hear because you want them staffing the ER, so you give relief to your older nurses, so they don't organize on you, right? But you got to make this early investment so you get the long term return.
0: You also asked as part of this survey about nurses' relationships with their nurse managers. What did you find?
1: I'm glad you brought it up, JC, because they they I think are a linchpin here. In this survey and other surveys, we we talk a lot about trust because trust is in, trust for us is a is a foundational factor. If you trust, you have so much permission to do things. And if you the, the less you trust, the less you can do. The world gets really small if there's very little trust. And we ask nurses and we ask physicians, who do you trust? They always trust their peers the most. We of course because we're in the trenches together and we all hate the man and so we're all like we but we trust I trust Steve. He'll have my back. Right. And the next level up is their, is the direct supervisor because they're closest to the work. Right. They're they're closest to the trench. And the farther away that you get, the less trust that you have, which is just human. It's not necessarily that's just that's just the way it is. And so for for nurses, they they trust each other immensely. The next level up is they trust their their manager or, or the director um, the most. And it's, and you know, and in the nursing world, it's a relatively small group of nurse managers that you have in any institution compared to all the nurses. So when we work with organizations, saying where can you affect the greatest change with the fewest people, or with the with the sharpest amount of resources, it's providing great training and support for your nurse managers and directors. Um, and it's it's hard to overstate how important that universe is. And our experience is so many nurse managers and directors are often nurses who did like uh, just a hell of a job at being a great nurse. And one day they got a note that said, congratulations, now you're a nurse manager. Right? So, so whatever you're doing, do more of that, which is, which is not the job. Being a manager and being a director is a different job than being a nurse, although it, it gets all the, the value of having that experience. And when we ask uh, these nurses, what would elevate your satisfaction beyond money? The answer was consistently one that can be delivered by their nurse managers, right? We ask, listen, I mean, some of the questions, or some of the answers, we ask um, what are key to job satisfaction, I mean, here are the top five answers. More recognition, appreciation, or empathy from my manager or my team lead. Stronger interdisciplinary teamwork and communications from my department lead. Um, More authentic, engaged two-way communication between me and my manager. And then make it help it make it easier for me to go to the bathroom and get supplies, which that falls under the basic human need kind of thing. I would I would think right, but also is is run by or directed by their manager, right? So the 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 experience that would lead to their satisfaction is most likely, um, according to nurses and according to our experience in health systems, it's run by their manager. We say you work for Baptist Hospital or you, we say you work for St. Francis, whatever, but you really work for Steve. Or you really work for Bob. That's the experience that you're having when you show up in the morning. And so making sure Steve and Bob and Susan are are well-trained and supported and they feel like they can be like successful in this job is it maybe the best single investment um, in workforce when we're thinking about nurses that organizations can make.
0: Nurses are extremely competent when it comes to delivering care, but it's not a one-to-one shift to managing people. Managing people is really hard. So this comes back to onboarding and the investment from those at the top. How do you reinforce that to the leaders that you talk to, that this is something that they need to invest in on the front end?
1: Yeah, you, um, it's, a, it's a great question. Part of it comes is just acknowledging it and acknowledging it to the person who's being elevated into this role, they, it helps them to understand that there's this is a chapter change, that they were this and now they're that, and, and to acknowledge it with them personally and to acknowledge it with the people with, with whom they'll be leading. Because often people are leading the people who they were one of just you know a moment before. So r- recognizing there's a bookmark change here is really important psychologically to the difference here. And then acknowledging it through your investment. What does that mean? That managers, as they're coming on board, need their own kind of onboarding. They need their own kind of coaching. They need their own kind of skill set. It's a tough job. It's a hard job. It's a complex job. And we have found nurses to be more than willing to learn more. They're learners, right? And so take on uh, you know, a coaching curricula or leadership development curricula. There's a variety of ways that organizations look at it. That acknowledge this is different than the job you have now there's some skills you need to learn to be good at it and this is this is the way we do it at our organization every every organization and culture is unique, and so you want your managers to lead in the way that reflects your 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 values as an organization, otherwise you'll get into a train wreck there so you're there there's a lot to be um bespoke i think in the way that you acknowledge who your managers are their unbelievable importance. In workforce retention, and satisfaction, and your investment in helping them do that.
0: Trust has been a prevailing theme in many of your surveys, you know, among physicians and nurses when it comes specifically to their trust between their organizations and their leaders. And if trust is the linchpin that helps hospitals function and function well, how can trust be cultivated more for the health of a hospital or health system?
1: I appreciate the question. Trust is such important currency in healthcare today. In all institutions for sure, whenever you're dealing with interpersonal relationships, but but healthcare for sure in this moment that we're in, when we think about trust and talk about it with our clients, we we help them acknowledge that with trust, there's almost unending potential that they can pursue. It allows them to make change, it allows them to move faster, it allows them um, to assume sort of a great many things that allows them to engage with their competitors and and take their organizations forward. And when trust shrinks, like their world gets really small, or right? it takes so much more work to explain this and pay attention to that and detail these variety of things that it can become exhausting, which I think is part of the world that we're living in now. I mean, we we there's so many studies and reports and articles about stress and burnout and we've even discussed them as well but i think one of the one of the key factors is this erosion of trust like in all institutions which is why generally people are so exhausted but especially uh in healthcare. and it struck me uh, as, as i was thinking about this conversation uh, when i read the new york times articles just this week on I think it was headlined Why Doctors and Pharmacists Are in Revolt, Noam Schreiber's piece. Here's a line from it that I thought was relevant to it. Um, wrote, uh, the, the details vary across fields talking about why doctors and ph- pharmacists are in revolt, but the trend lines are similar. Before times in which healthcare professionals say they had the leeway and resources to do their job properly, followed by what they see as a descent into the ranks of the micromanaged. And when that when that trust dissipates, and that freedom disappears people replace trust which is a kind of power with a different kind of power more pedestrian power like organizing like unionizing like legislation if they if they can't get it through their relationship they'll get it through their words and laws and regulations and contracts and i think that's part of the evolution that we're seeing now so how do you how do you build trust it's time and attention which is an easy thing to say, and it's really hard to do because it requires that extra work. But time, there has to be discipline. Time by leadership to invest themselves, right, in being present with the people from whom they want trust. Whether it's physicians in time with their patients, whether it's managers and, and CNOs with the nurses that they're trying to, they're trying to lead. And it's attention, meaning authenticity, transparency. Um, demonstrating a level of care and quality in that care over time. So many people want a, want a solution for trust that is, if I say these things, if I send this memo, if I put in place these, I don't know, these these structures in the organization that's going to be solved, it, it takes time to do it. One thing we see in our working with our hospitals is they have relied on trust for so long that they're not sure how to act now that it's eroded. They've built brands for 100 years. It has taken 100 years to build an extraordinary level of trust where people instantly assume this is my hospital of choice. Goodness knows this university or or that hospital is going to be great because they've always been great. But now that has eroded, it takes a new level of work to regain that or rebuild that in a different way. And I think that's the work in front of us.
0: That was David Girard, Executive Chair of Gerard, Inc. He joined me to talk about the second installment of Gerard's Beyond Burnout Survey series that looks at job and career satisfaction among nurses. You can find a link to the first part of our conversation on today's show note on GIST's website. This has been GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlyle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with healthcare business and policy news, as always, in 10 minutes or less. In the meantime, you can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly GIST. The Gist Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.